0: Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, October 5th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle, flying solo on today's show. A lot to get into. I want to mainly focus on the Buckeyes' health situation. Ryan Day doesn't like talking a lot about injuries, but um, he kind of uh, reversed course yesterday and was was pretty open about it. Now, I'm sure he's not telling us everything in the world um, specifically about these guys, but let's get into it. I thought overall... um, What I took away from the press conference yesterday was a positive vibe. You know, obviously five games into a season playing a violent sport, there are going to be injuries. But it felt like maybe the Buckeyes had more than their share of injuries. But some good news here. We're going to get into that. First thing, Jordan Hancock, you know, Ryan Day said a few weeks ago that the injury Jordan Hancock suffered in camp, he didn't specify what it was, but he did say, quote, it was a significant injury. So Ryan Day said that Jordan Hancock suffered a significant injury in camp. Um, basically indicated that they're fortunate it wasn't uh, season ending, um, you know, or even almost season ending, but he hasn't played yet this year. And, but he is now back practicing at full speed. And the hope is they're going to get him back after the bye week against Iowa. I might hold him out um, until Penn state, speaking of holding out guys, at least until Penn state that might return. We'll get to that in a minute, but um, good to hear that Hancock's practicing at full speed. Won't play this week against Michigan State. Hoping to get him back um, after the bye. Although, just get him back by Penn State. Because Iowa, I mean, you could throw the – you could probably throw the scout team defense out there and Iowa can score. So, don't rush anybody back. Speaking of which, but it's great news because Hancock – there was all kinds of buzz about Hancock during the offseason. Played great in the spring. Um, There was talk that even if Denzel Burke was, you know – playing well that Hancock was going to give him a run for his money. And as we know, Denzel Burke, not playing well. So they need Hancock out there. Love what I'm seeing out of J.K. Johnson, though. Um, Had a chance to ask Jim Knowles about that yesterday. J.K. Johnson is a dude. I mean, he's out there as a redshirt freshman. He has no fear. He's one of the fastest guys on the team. He's aggressive. um, And he just competes. He's confident. Knowles said just the way he competes for the ball – and he's got a great punch at the line of scrimmage. So he's good, you know, at man press, which is what they like to do. That's another reason I think that Denzel Burke might be struggling is because he's so used to playing zone coverage, at least from last year. And now they're having him do man press and he just doesn't seem comfortable doing it. But he's got really good coaches and I still believe in Denzel Burke. But hopefully they can get Jordan Hancock back healthy again for the Penn State game is what I'm looking at. That's great that Iowa is the target date. How about wait an extra week, get him back for Penn State? All right. So Coach Day said he is hoping that Jackson Smith and Jigba, Travion Henderson, and Cam Brown will all play this week at Michigan State. Um, listen, if, J- if JSN is cleared by the medical staff, that's great. That doesn't mean he can't <laughs> immediately like, re-injure that. We know nothing lingers longer than hammies. They brought him back too early, in my opinion, against Toledo. He re-injured it. I would hold him out at least until Penn State. I don't care if he's cleared for this game or not. If you can't beat Michigan State and Iowa without him, I mean, you're not a national championship team anyway, right? This is not a good Michigan State team. We'll get into that in a little bit. So even if he's cleared, which I don't know if he will be, by the medical staff, do not play him, in my opinion. Um, Keep him out until Penn State. Just my opinion. I expect Travion Henderson will play. He was, you know, that was a surprise even to the coaching staff. I'm not sure what happened during warm-ups. Um, I'm guessing, this is just a guess, I feel like it's an educated guess, that if that was a big game that and you know, he tweaked something that they would have been like, you know, he would have been like, I'm playing, and they would have been like, you're playing. But they were playing Rutgers. And Mayan Williams is just playing great. And I think that was a precautionary move, um, holding Travion Henderson out. Again, just speculation on my part. They didn't say it was precautionary. They just said something happened in warm-ups and uh, they didn't feel like he could go. Uh, but when you're playing Rutgers, you know, they probably felt like we're going to definitely err on the side of caution. Cam Brown, another one they're hoping they get back this week. Poor kid, can't stay healthy. Fifth year senior. Um, man, um, such uh, – Lack of depth at corner right now with Hancock hurt. You know, with Cam Brown hurt. Only six scholarship corners on the roster. Denzel Burke not playing well. Um, hey, at least they got those freshmen. <laughs> at least J.K. Johnson's playing well as a redshirt freshman. I like Jair Brown as a true freshman. We even saw Ryan Turner get in there. Had a sack as a true freshman. So, uh, hopefully those guys can play. Well, no. I mean, hopefully they're all cleared. I Again, I, even if Jackson is cleared, I'm, I'm good with him sitting out this game. Um, and, frankly, the Iowa game, too. Give him this week, give him the bye week, give him the Iowa week, and then hopefully by Penn State he's good to go. And not just cleared, but, like, past the point where that hammy's going to linger. Yeah, we uh, yeah, so Jim Knowles mentioned that Court Williams is another guy that, that we're, I, I was wondering about. I asked Jim Knowles about this yesterday. By the way, Jim Knowles' press conferences are just fantastic. I'll get to that in a second. He's just – he should start having – I tweeted about this yesterday. Knowles should start having his – press conferences at the local uh, comedy club here in Columbus, the Funny Bone. I mean, he, he just was cracking up the media as he always does. Every one of his press conferences since he's been here at Ohio State have been excellent. Yesterday's was the best. <laughs> Fantastic. If you haven't seen the video, get on our site. You know, get on it anywhere on YouTube. You can do a search for it. I'd prefer if you went on our page and, and watched our video, but um, just watch the Jim Knowles press conference from yesterday. It's like 20 minutes of just... Awesome insights into the defense and hilarity. So awesome insights into the defense and hilarity. So great stuff. Um, If I asked about Court Williams, I said there was a lot of buzz about Court Williams in in the preseason. You guys were talking him up a lot. The coaches were. His teammates were. Voted captain. There was talk we got to find a role for Court because he's that true hybrid safety outside linebacker, and those are hard to find, Noel said. Um, but he's barely played. He's played I think a total of 42 snaps in five games, a total of 42 snaps in five games, obviously most of those in garbage time. And Noel said simply that he's banged up. you know courts another guy they just can't he's like Cam Brown a little bit, just can't seem to stay healthy, um, but they like him, but they want him to get fully healthy before they put him out there. And as we all know, Ohio State's got depth for days at safety and not just bodies, but like talented guys. When Sonny Styles is a third-teamer, when Kai Stokes is a third-teamer, you know you're deep at safety. And I know those guys are true freshmen, but still, um, absolutely love it. Tanner McAllister gets hurt last week, and Cam Martinez can't play. and What happens? They put Kai Stokes in there, and he holds the fort down. One week when uh, McAllister was hurt, uh, they put Cam Martinez in there. He played great, I thought, at least played very well. So a lot of depth there at safety. How about this? Speaking of Jim Knowles. So at Media Day, Ryan Day was asked the question, what are your expectations for the defense this year? You were 59th in the country in total defense last year, and you didn't even really play many good offenses. That was almost a misleading stat. They're actually worse than that you know, if you do the advanced metrics because it wasn't like they were playing top offenses and they were ranked 59th. They were playing mostly shaky offenses and they are ranked 59th in the country. They were awful defensively last year. Oregon kept running the same play. Ohio State just never adjusted. They just kept crashing the defensive ends. Horrible coaching last year. Um, and then Knowles comes in with, you know, basically the same guys. Yeah, they're a year older, and now they're a top 10 defense. Ryan Day said at his – at Big Ten media days, his expectations is to have a top 10 defense nationally. And people are like, okay, yeah, sure. Sure, guy. I mean, I wasn't saying that, but a lot of – you know, hear a lot of people like in the media saying, okay, yeah, Ohio State's going to have a top 10 defense this year. Well, guess what? Right now, Ohio State is ranked 10th in the country in total defense. And I don't feel like they've even like completely clicked yet. I mean, the, you know, this is just game five of the Knowles era. I mean, they're going to get better. It's just like we saw in 2019, my friends. Coaching is so important. 2018 Buckeyes, awful on defense under Greg Schiano. 2019 under Halfley, number one defense in the country, okay? Um, last year, terrible under Kerry Combs and Matt Barnes. Bring Knowles in, top 10 defense. Um, and I love the way they're playing. It's not just the stats. Fast, physical, mixing things up, confusing the opposing quarterback, looking like a silver bullet defense. I'm here for it. So, Jim Knowles, excellent hire. Absolutely love it. And again, his press conferences are fantastic because he's he's witty. I mean, he's so, so intelligent. And he, he's, he's you know, he's got that Philly, like, tough guy in him, too, where he, he likes going back and forth a little bit with the media, too. So he, he can be a little bit, you know, I don't want to say testy because it, that's not the vibe you get at all. You get that he's cool, but he's not afraid to, like, spar with you a little bit. I love the guy. I love the guy. All right. Thoughts on the matchup against the Spartans. So the Buckeyes opened as 25-and-a-half-point favorites. Don't see that very often when you play Michigan State, right? You're favored by 25 and a half. Well, that's gone up. Money's going toward the Buckeyes now. The Buckeyes are favored by 26 and a half. This is a reeling Michigan State team. Uh, they were 11 and two last year. Everybody had them picked in the top 15 this year, and they've lost three straight games, and they don't look good at all. Um, I mean, Minnesota beat them 41 to seven. Uh, I mean, Maryland, I think, is actually a pretty good team. So, I mean, last week Michigan State lost to Maryland. Um, you know, no, that's not anything to be embarrassed about, in my opinion. I mean, score wasn't, it wasn't a blowout, it was 27 13. So it wasn't like it was that close, but it wasn't a blowout. But that Minnesota game is one that I look at. Um, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Michigan State. I didn't see this coming. Shows you how important Kenneth Walker the third was to them. And Peyton Thorne is a little banged up. I'm not sure what the injury is, he's been struggling. I thought he might have a solid year. He was pretty solid last year for the most part. Peyton Thorne was, hasn't been good at all this year. They're just bad. And you got to wonder, because I was thinking, frankly, when they hired Mel Tucker, I was like a little skeptical. And I've always liked Mel because, you know, when he's at Ohio State, that was when I was first on the beat. His first year at Ohio State was 2001. My first year on the beat was 2002. Good first year to be on the beat because they won the national title that year. And I got to know Mel a little bit. Uh, he was there in 2003 a little bit uh 2003 as well with the Buckeyes before moving on with the Cleveland Browns um, has had a really good career and when they hired him from Oklahoma or from uh Colorado at Michigan State I was like okay let's see if it works I was a little skeptical and then they they had a shaky first year um, and then they had a great year last year 11 and 2 and then they gave him that 95 million dollar contract 95 million over 10 years guaranteed now he could be fired with cause and it wouldn't be guaranteed but Losing games, as they say, is not for cause. You'd have to do something like a legal or do something where he'd get in trouble uh, where legally it would be firing him for cause, or that $95 million is guaranteed, okay? And you got to wonder now, like, did they jump the gun a little bit? Or is this just – is this year the aberration? Last year is what we can expect from Michigan State. I don't know, but they look terrible. Now, that also makes them dangerous a little bit in my book. I think Ohio State's going to be fine. They're going to win this game comfortably. But this is a Michigan State team – Their back's against the wall. Everybody telling them how horrible they are. They're playing at home. They have nothing to lose. They're going up against the Big Dog in the Big Ten, a team that has owned them in East Lansing since 1999. That's the last time Michigan State beat Ohio State in East Lansing was 1999 when Nick Saban was their head coach. So, again, I think Ohio State's going to be fine. I like this matchup for the Buckeyes. But um, still can't overlook Michigan State. Can't overlook them. They still have talent. Um, And they're going to pull out all the stops. It's going to be kind of maybe what Rutgers did, but with better talent, you know, and probably not Mel Tucker running across the field to yell at Ryan day. Probably not. And probably Ohio state not doing a fake punt late in the game. I know we're not, we're not going to get into whether or not that was a real fake punter. Murko did that on his own. Again, I think Murko had the option of doing it. I don't think they told him one way or the other, but whatever. We're not going to get into that. But um, even though I just kind of did. Right. Uh, But uh, yeah, I expect the Buckeyes will be fine, but. Again, Michigan State at home, even though Ohio State's owned them there, that doesn't mean they always will. Um, and backs against their wall, a team everybody picked in the top 15, and they can – I do don't—I mean, I don't want to say make their season, but pretty much make their season. They'll make their season if they beat Michigan again. That's the one team they really want to beat, obviously. That's why I kind of like Michigan State, right? The enemy of your enemy is your friend. Except for this week we don't like Sparty, but uh, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. So I've kind of always liked uh, – Michigan State, especially now they keep having former Ohio State assistant coaches as their head coach. I love, I like Mark D'Antonio a lot at Ohio State. Great defensive coordinator, speaking of 2002. So, again, I like this matchup for Ohio State. You know, Peyton Thorne's not playing well. The Buckeyes are going to get after this Michigan State offense, which is very limited. And Ohio State, you're not going to slow them down over 60 minutes. So I expect the Buckeyes to win comfortably. But um, don't look at Michigan State lightly, because they're going to come out and pull out all the stops. Mentioned this earlier, Mayan Williams. I, I don't even know what are they going to do with Travion Henderson's completely healthy because Mayan Williams has proven that he needs not just like ten carries a game. Like he and I'm not saying I'm not even really down on Travion. It's just Mayan is just playing great. He's not playing playing good. He's not playing really good. He's playing great. Okay, and it's not just the physicality and how he runs over guys. He's got deceptive quickness. He can make guys miss. And then, of course, he can knock you over, too. And he always falls forward. What's the one of the signs of every great running back? They always fall forward when they're getting tackled. You don't knock them backwards. Even if you're able to tackle Mayan Williams, he's still falling forward for an extra yard. That's the sign of every great running back. They always fall forward. Love what I'm seeing out of him. And It was really cool hearing Tony Alford talk about how Mayans developed as a running back and also developed as a young man. When he was being recruited, Alford didn't know what to think about him because the kid didn't say two words, and we saw that in the media too. We tried to interview him his freshman year, and he wouldn't say two words to us. Now you interview Mayan, he you know he's more confident, uh, engaging personality. It's like a different kid. Um, and Tony Alford said, which I love Tony Alford all the way across the board, the way he develops guys, uh, the way he recruits, and just the type of man he is. But. I don't think I've ever heard a coach say that Coach Tony Alford told us yesterday that he had to apologize to Mayan Williams during his recruitment because they kind of backed off of him because Tony Alford said, we didn't really know what to think. And obviously they were in on guys like Bijan Robinson who gave them a, a silent verbal and ended up backing out. And there were other guys they were looking at and they had to come back around to Mayan. But originally they kind of backed off, not because they didn't, they thought he was a real, really good running back. But when Tony went went down there to recruit him, he said, this kid wouldn't even, even talk to him really. Just thought it does, and Alford's like, Does he really want it? Does he really want to come here? Does he want us to recruit him? And Alford just admitted, I read him wrong. I read him wrong. Um, and then they went back and recruited him. And and Alford said that you know, basically, mine was pissed at me, (laughs) is what he said. And um, and I thought that was pretty funny. And Alford admitted that he had to apologize to mine, like, I misread you, and and now. I mean, Mayan can't say enough nice things about Tony Alford. He looks on as a father figure. They're as tight as a player and a coach could possibly be. Really cool story there. The way Mayan Williams is running the ball is the coolest part of the story. Uh, but hearing that background of his recruitment, also really cool. He was committed to Iowa State. Matt Campbell can identify some talent at running back now. I mean, look at some of the running backs they've had at Iowa State. David Montgomery, Brees Hall. And they would have had Mayan Williams if uh, the Buckeyes didn't come in there and swoop in and, and were able to thankfully flip him from Iowa State. And you think, oh, well, easy to flip him from Iowa State to Ohio State, right? Not when he was already pissed off at Ohio State and felt like he was like plan C or plan D. Um, it would have been, you know, maybe he would have just been like, you know, forget you guys, you didn't want me, now you're crawling back. Um, but Tony Alford did a great job. He didn't just come back and say, now we want you. He manned up and apologized to him. And I give Tony credit. Uh, Tony offered a lot of credit for that, and for admitting that to the media. Great stuff yesterday. We got Ryan Day, we got Jim Knowles, and we got Tony Alford. It was like an hour and a half of awesomeness. Fantastic. So I love the way Brian Williams is running. Credit to him. He's always looked good, but what he's what's different about him this year, in a different in addition to being more confident and being more veteran, is his body's in better shape. He's always been strong. I mean, as Tony Alford said, is his legs are just naturally i mean he works at it too but he's just naturally tree trunks for legs good luck trying to tackle him um and he's always been strong in the upper body too but he needed to lose a little body fat now he now he's not only extremely strong um he's even stronger than he's ever been but he's chiseled you know i mean that he's a problem he's a big problem for defenses because he's hard to tackle and and he can make you miss. And we saw he had that 70-yard touchdown. He's not a burner, but he's got underrated speed. I'm not saying he's he's a 4-4 guy or anything, but listen, he's no plotter. You know, he doesn't look like a fullback out there, does he? When he gets in the open field, he's got decent speed. That's not his forte, but I love Mayan Williams. I love the way he's running, and I'm thrilled Travion Henderson's on the team, too. They're gonna need both of them. They're gonna need both of them. All right. Speaking of stepping up, I think we got to give a shout out, you know, Julian Fleming. Um, I was wondering, is this kid ever not because of his talent, but injuries, is he ever going to really see meaningful playing time? And then even if he is healthy, he's going to be behind Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison, Jr. and Emeka Egbuka, in my opinion, coming in the years, what I said. So like best case scenario, he's fourth wide receiver. Well, now JSN's hurt. Mar- Marvin Harrison, you know, was, was getting a little bit extra attention. Um, Julian Fleming's Fleming has been balling out and it's great to see. I mean, number one wide receiver in the country coming out of high school, even though he was in the same class with Jackson Smith and Jigman, you could make the argument JSN should have been the number one wide receiver. But Fleming was the number one ranked wide receiver in the country in that 2020 class. And now he's playing like it. And you know what's fun about Julian Fleming, I mean, they're using him. We had a source in the boarding house talking about this. those X's and O's expert um, who went into detail about this. At times, they're basically using Julian Fleming as a tight end to crack down on linebackers. I mean, this guy is a—he's an Evan Spencer-type blocker. Do I need to say any more? He's an Evan Spencer-type blocker. Evan Spencer, who took out two Alabama linebackers, Trey Priest and another one on that Ezekiel Elliott 85-yard run through the heart of the South. Shout-out to my friends at 11 Warriors for that t-shirt. 85 yards through the heart of the South. Evan Spencer took out two Alabama linebackers on that play. Um, Julian Fleming is that type of blocker. I mean, he's physical. He gets after it. He's strong. And you see after he catches the ball, he's ready. He's like, he's got all kinds of speed. He can run you over. He's a tough hombre. So um, love what I'm seeing out of Julian Fleming. It's good to see him. I'm happy for him that he's able to stay healthy and he's having some production. He's had to wait his turn and fight through some injuries. Now as a third-year player, he's stepping up. And Emeka Igbuka is having like an All-American type year. I feel like we're not talking about it enough. He had the muffed punt last week, and, and that's what everybody's talking about. But Emeka Igbuka, his stats are fantastic through five games. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, cooled off a little bit lately, but um, I love what those three are doing. You know, you lose the number one wide receiver in the country, in my opinion, in Jackson Smith and Jigba, and the the opinion of a lot of people, um, and you basically don't miss a beat. They did in the Notre Dame game, because Ryan Day said they had a bunch of plays uh, drawn up for number 11, and that went out the window uh, quickly, and they was like, oh we had a lot of plays for Jackson, um, but since then, they really haven't missed a beat. I'm not saying a lot when you lose a player like that kind of reminds me of the Rose bowl last year, you get two first round picks that, that sit out and uh, Chris Alave and, and Garrett Wilson. And I don't fault them at all for sitting out. Look what looks, what has happened to many, many players in bowl games, Jake, Butt, Jalen Smith, um, those guys ended up being first round. I mean, uh, Alave and Wilson ended up being first round picks and are doing great things as rookies. So what if they would have got a serious injury in that game? Um, you know, Look what happened to Jamison Williams, although, I mean, that's a little different. That's the national championship game. But you know what I'm saying, though. You, you play Utah against a, you play a good Utah team. You have two first-round wide receivers sitting out, and you don't miss a beat because JSN had the best game in college bowl game history. Marvin Harrison had his coming-out party, and Emeka Buka played well as well. So um, it's amazing what Brian Hartline's done with this wide receiver room, and it, it just is going to keep continuing. You look at the recruiting. So there you go. Um Appreciate you guys joining me on this solo edition of the Bucknuts Morning Five. Um, I know you guys have a lot of choices. As I love to say, I appreciate you guys making us a part of your morning, Monday through Friday, uh, for the Bucknuts Morning Five. Um, love that you guys are loyal listeners and viewers of the show. Um, you also can catch our post game live um, uh, podcast after every game, of what we learned live. I come at you after every Ohio State game immediately following the game. Um, so catch me this week. It'll probably be, what, around like 7.30, 8 o'clock. Uh, kickoff is 4 o'clock, which is a weird kickoff time, especially for an ABC game. But that's when the game starts, a uh, little past 4 o'clock on ABC. So I'll be with you right after the Ohio State-Michigan State game. Again, thanks very much to all of you. Really appreciate it. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. <laughs>